1: Rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps.
0: We're ramping up to 500, but now we're back at 300, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Some might argue our finest
1: celebration of the 100th milestone because of our incredible guest.
0: Well, yeah, it just happened to be that uh, we, I think I tormented W.K. Bell on Twitter, No, Private School Negro came out, watched it, and I tagged him in a tweet as Bitch Talk. And I'm like, come on our show. And he said, yes. So those are the things that happened. So he did, ended up being our 300th, and it was fantastic. Uh, He is now a friend of the show, I would say. And um, we also had a really amazing, uh, what was it called, uh, Bitches and Brunch? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. 300th party at a place called Fleetwood in the Tenderloin in San Francisco. Shout out to Nico. And it was really a fun time. Unfortunately, Shar wasn't there, um, but we did have her head on a stick. I was about to say, I was
2: there in spirit. I still have those uh, sticks and posters in my office. Oh,
0: let's use them for the
1: 500th. Okay, good. Um, oh, yeah, and, yeah. and we had a uh, DJ bite size yep, spinning sure all the classics from the nineties. Yep. Uh, we had burritos and mimosas.
0: Yeah. And
1: everybody came, the place was packed basically all afternoon. So yes, thank you to those that are listening that showed up and are still here for us. Uh, yeah. I think we did a uh, big, we did 300, right?
0: Yes. It was a good time had by all, uh, Yeah, I can't believe it was that long ago. And now it feels a little weird because I don't think we'll be able to do that anytime soon. Right. (laughs) So that's why we're celebrating virtually everybody. Uh, Our 500th is coming up, it's a virtual event. It is on Wednesday, October 21st at 8 p.m. PDT. Please go to bitchtalkpodcast.com and as soon as you go to the to the landing page, you'll see a pop up for tickets. Uh, buy a ticket because a portion of the proceeds will go to the ACLU, and I think they're going to need as much help as uh, they can get right now. No so shit. so join us. It's going to be fun. You know, grab a drink. Join us. We might pop in a couple times live. Uh, that'll be interesting. And- oh yeah,
1: we're going to be <laughs> celebrating. We're going to be. Coming- coming in hot just be ready we'll come in Real pretty. Hot. at <laughs> pretty least i will yeah uh, but there is go ahead. but but also it's donation based because we understand it's tough times we want everybody who wants to celebrate with us to be there but you're also going to have an opportunity to spend a little more and you can get a bitch talk pin which yep. are fresh out the oven that's right fresh off the press And, (laughs) and most importantly, a specially designed poster by Darren Villegas, uh, just for this event. And it's uh, our homage to our love for the city. Yeah. And love the poster. Hopefully you'll check it out and you'll want it up on your wall too.
0: And we didn't talk about our guests for the 500th. So we have comedians, Frankie Quinones. We have the duo Frangela, who we absolutely adore. We have hip hop artists and uh, scientists who's currently curing COVID, Ruby Ibarra, and Irene Espiritu, who's a local folk singer. And then we have a couple of, they don't want to be called locking, so popping dancers.
1: Marina Stankov-Hodge, aka Nurse Boogie, and Laura Kirkabee.
0: And there's a very special surprise guest special (laughs) surprise guest right at the end of the show. I mean, you got
2: to listen to the, you got to watch the whole thing.
0: Exactly. Exactly. See us peak. You will not. Uh, It's peak 2020. Really? Uh, You will not be disappointed at
1: all. There's a backstory to that video, too, that we talk about after the 500th. Yeah,
0: but but please um, help support our little indie podcast with a portion of the proceeds going to the ACLU. It's Wednesday, October 21st, starting at eight o'clock, and we'll see you then. (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, welcome W. Bell, to Bitch Talk. We really appreciate your time. So, thanks for being here.
3: Well, well thanks for telling me I had to do it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I am the official tweeter. So okay, you're welcome. No, it, was, it, was,
3: it didn't. It didn't feel like an option. So I said, okay, well, let's
0: good.
1: It <laughs> was. It was the natural next step for your career. It was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you're gonna get the Bitch Talk bump after All this. Right, good. Well, I got. I got
0: inspired after watching um, your. Uh, your show on Netflix, uh, private school Negro. So um, I had to, I had to tweet at you. I had to, I, I, and I
3: read, I read, I don't know if I read all of them, but I, tr- I read most of them. Yeah, yeah there's well, probably a few I miss. But
0: and, yeah. and right now, before you came in, we were staring at this uh, picture, and my friend here, Angela, was like, "Oh, it's blind spotting officially right now." Which we just saw the film, and we heard that you just saw that. I film. saw it last night. Yes, yes, we interviewed those guys yesterday. Oh wow! Um, oh. But you did yeah. the official Q and A, so you're I even mean, there's more there's,
3: cool. there's a lot of official Q and so I was just <laughs> the Official Q and As. Yeah. How did
0: you feel about that film?
3: I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was hilarious. Uh I thought it was adventurous, bold. I thought it was not trying to take care of your feelings, which is important in art, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh... I w- it was surprising because you just don't know that. Div- I didn't. I don't. I just know Davy Diggs is. I didn't know him when he lived here. I was mm-hmm. not in that artsy cool circle, so <laughs> uh, so I just knew him as like, oh, the guy next to Lin Manuel in Hamilton who's from Oakland. Oh, he's in Blackish. Good for him. He's <laughs> he's good. He's a good actor. You know. Right. So to see the trailer and then to see the movie, you just and then his friend Raphael, who I also was not aware of them. like, oh, these are major stars and major thinkers and major artists that, you know, I know the Bay has a ton of people like that. Mm-hmm. I also know, specifically Oakland, I also know that we're, that we're not, the Bay is not good of uh, raising those people out of here. And a lot of times the culture of the Bay is such that you can f- be semi-professional and think you're being professional. Right. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. Uh, talking about blind spotting and talking about the Bay and talking about Oakland, there's a real focus right now on Oakland yeah. and the East Bay in general, and you're part of that focus. What do you think? It is feels pretty the good. Catalyst? It feels pretty good to sort of like, and also me.
3: Yeah, I feel pretty good about the fact that I was saying the words Oakland and Bay Area and the Bay mm-hmm. nationally. Before, like the New York Times said, it was okay That's to right. say, you know. Yeah. So I feel like people from here, even though I'm not born here, feel like I was a pretty good representative and been repping Oaklandish for years. And mm-hmm. so I just feel like so that as much as I know I'm not David or Boots Riley right. or Raphael or or E40 or you know yeah. any number of people uh Goopale. <laughs>
1: i feel
0: like i got more than steve
3: Kerr. i mean i know he's done a lot of
0: curry so Steph, okay, Steph, fine, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> they're superstars they <laughs> yeah uh, i'm kevin durant Something has more bay cred than i do what well, happened no no, no no no, no never are you kidding <laughs> no. but i know that like uh, you know I, it's important to me to rep the bay it's, the, not you can't do it accurately but feel like i have the spirit of the bay when i go out into the world and represent the bay and so for me like to just have a little cameo in Sorry to Bother You. Feels spoiler like, alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, <laughs> nothing <laughs> Wait, is we spoiled. Wait, we go there. Don't yeah, play. we yeah, haven't even spoiler. touched on that. Sorry, spoiler. sorry. But then to just to have, like, I hadn't ever talked to, I hadn't ever met David until they his people reached out and said they want you to do the Q&A. And then we talked on the phone, and it was clear that he knew my work, and Raphael knew my work, and they'd already seen Private School Negro. And so it was just like, it felt like, you know, it's just for a kid who grew up sort of never being at the cool kids table, it sort of feels cool to suddenly find out that you're sitting in the middle of the cool kids table and you didn't even hmm. in, know it, you know?
0: You're sitting at the head of the cool kids yes, table. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Let's yes. be honest. In this right room, now. I'm at the head of the kids yeah. table. <laughs>
3: Mostly just because it's my office. But. Well,
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was trying to, not trying, I was doing homework and, and looking a, a lot of things up last night, but I couldn't figure out and couldn't connect the dots on how you actually ended up. Back in the Bay, because you were born in Palo Alto. Is that correct? Yes, or is Wikipedia yeah. totally wrong? No, they're right about that. Okay, good. <laughs> Some things are right about. But how yeah. did you wind up back here?
3: Uh, I ca- I moved back here in 97, because okay. I wanted to be a stand-up comedian. And specifically, I came here for San Francisco. I lived in Oakland, because that's where we found a cheap apartment. Right, right. Back when Oakland had cheap apartments. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh and so I moved back here because I wanted to be. I was started doing stand-up comedy in San, in Chicago, and I just the scene wasn't that good. It wasn't really supportive. I wasn't doing well, and I was looking for a place to move where I could find a comedy scene that I felt like I could like grow in. In mm-hmm. San Francisco, has, specifically San Francisco, not to take anything from Oakland, but San Francisco is known nationally as a, as a good comedy scene. Mm-hmm. And so I came and visited and loved it and like met margaret show immediately and suddenly felt like and she was like you're funny and i'm like i'm gonna move to san francisco (laughs) so i did i moved to the bay and i lived in oakland but very quickly after i got out here i realized oh i'm more at home in oakland i just but my scene is in san francisco and at the time maybe still this way like I worked in Berkeley, lived in Oakland, and I would go to San Francisco like three or four times a week, four or five times a week, really, to do comedy. And I remember just learning then how separate the Bay was. Like mm-hmm. I was saying to a guy, like he's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm going to San Francisco." He's like, "Man, you were just in San Francisco last night," mm-hmm. as if I was talking about Paris. <laughs> 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 Man,
2: oh,
1: like way that's over two there. stops away on yeah, BART. Yeah, right? yeah, like, it's, it's not like, a... <laughs> <laughs> downtown
3: Berkeley BART, and it's ten minutes, you know, whatever, twenty minutes, and. I sort of always made the back and forth and I had friends in San Francisco and they'd be like, and I started dating my wife and she lived in Oakland and so I was always, I was ended up staying in her house even though I had an apartment in San Francisco. So I was always going back and forth across the bay and in San Francisco I would invite my friend Kevin Avery who I've done a ton of things mm-hmm. with. but Like, hey, you want to come to my uh, girlfriend's party in Oakland? He's like, ah, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Right. No, yeah. It's like you can drive longer in San Francisco sometimes than it takes to get to Oakland. but Right. It's just, so I've always been very sort of aware that I was always sort of bending rules by going back and forth so much but always aware so then i was here till 2012 i think it was till after mm-hmm. the birth of my first daughter mm-hmm. and then i went to New. oh so how did i get here yeah so, so yeah that's how comedy. So that's, i came back here for comedy okay. yeah and then i left to go do new york for the tv show but yeah, that's how i came back here and at the time i it wasn't my dad is the one who pointed out that like well you know you were born in palo Alto, so you're kind of going home and i was like. Right. Huh. And it didn't really. I was just like, I want to go to San Francisco. I was born in some place called Palo Alto that I've right. never really spent any time in and don't have any connection to. And then the longer I've been out here, I was like, well, I am a native Californian, yeah. even though I was <laughs> left before I was two years old. Mm-hmm. Like I, and so I feel good. The longer I live out here, the more I feel like I can claim my. I sort of like, I am a West Coast person. I yeah. just all my life I've been in Chicago, Boston, Alabama. My DNA is of the West Coast, you know. Right.
1: Well, well, you had this um, incident at the Elmwood Cafe in twenty fifteen yeah. in Berkeley, yeah. right where we are today. And um, if you we're could not sp-
3: not in the cafe, no. <laughs> a- <laughs> We decided to we're record in, in the <laughs> cafe, uh, guys. I really don't want to do that. Okay, uh,
1: let's, let's send go. the manager over right now. Get yeah. on mic. No, but um, uh, with if you could speak to that incident and does it is does the things like that make it harder for you to to love the Bay? Are, are you struggling with like the gentrification and things like that?
3: No, I mean, I think you you can love something and be critical of it, and nothing is perfect, and there's no place in the country where you can live and find out, and it's always going to be your friend. Literally in your house, people can come into your house and say you're in the wrong place. You know, that's, you know, some guy, amongst the numerous social media videos of of black people being harassed or people of color being harassed for just being in public spaces or spaces they should be in, some guy was like, at his apartment building at the swimming pool and had all these videos of people coming to him over the course of time saying, What are you doing at the swimming pool? I live here. You know, so mm-hmm. there's no place you can go and feel like it's always gonna be good. So so for me, it's like and there's no place you can go in America and not deal with racism as a person of color. There's not one place. Like so, like, even if you live in deep in the so-called hood and never leave the hood, you're dealing with structural an institutionalized racism because of where you live and the lack of resources and the lack of you know so it's like there's no place you can go. So for me it's like what's the flavor of racism I can deal with the best? Mm. <laughs> what's the mm. what's the flavor yeah. of racism that's the most sort of acceptable for me? And I'd say it's bay racism. It's <laughs> that bay racism, bay racism yeah, yeah, yeah. was your perfect yeah. fit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh I had a little Incident with Bay racism just last week at the local Benihana in Japantown. Town, wow. and I had to channel my W Bell and uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg voice. Wow, those are two. <laughs> 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 Whatever, it was all, all the same to, for uh, me. What channel, channel is that on? I will yes, watch that channel. I, I had to to get in there because I had a uh, six six people that were maybe in their sixties. Um, that we, you don't know what you're going to get at Benihana when you're just a couple because you're not with the group, right? So you could get anything. Oh, yeah. So we sat down, uh, we right. got anything yeah. and they <laughs> were, they are, I think, from here, but maybe more East East Bay yeah. Tracy yeah. or North North Bay yeah. and there was um, a point where they just stared at me and my boyfriend because he's white and I'm Asian, so that was weird, but we were in Japantown and the other one was that they were making fun of the Asian people right across yeah. from us as they Saying happy birthday to them. What? And they were, oh yeah, it was a whole thing. So making I was making like, fun of how they. Yeah, saying, yeah, happy birthday.
1: Oh no. Um, and they were
0: just completely rude to our Hispanic Benihana uh, chef and our Asian uh, waitress <sighs> or wait person. So. Yeah, I had to channel you. <laughs> what
3: is that what is, and what does that mean that you just sort of uh, it, said? There's multiple. Like, <laughs> what, I I you know
0: what? I was thinking about you travel around uh, the, the United KKK States. episode. Yeah, and you <laughs> really you you get in there and work with these people and try and find some kind of common ground. And so I I actually didn't talk to them at all. I just no, ignored them. I wouldn't because uh, yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't engage. No, them. I don't like know there's... how you
1: stand there uh, and. And listen to this speech, right. and and I don't know how you do it.
3: I mean, for me, it's I didn't know how I would do it. So I'll say this: I d- didn't have a lot of. It's not like, well, I've been hanging out with the Klan for years. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Daryl Davis, the guy who has that documentary, Occidental Courtesy, which mm. is about a guy who hangs out with the Klan all the time, black man. Oh. Uh, I don't. So for me, it was like part of it was a little bit like I won. I was also finding out what I would do. So that's why I wanted to do it because I was curious about how would I be in that situation hmm. it was more like a experiment on myself that was being aired for television you was
0: know, that initially thought of that's going to be the first episode that was my just... idea
3: I was always my first because we were like it's going to be a show it? they somebody pitched a show to CNN CNN thought maybe this guy Kamal can do it then I came in and they were thinking like Kamal goes to a country club that's like you know because it's all white people mm-hmm. or Kamau goes to the rodeo mm-hmm. and hangs out with cowboys at the rodeo and I was just like yeah we can do that later <laughs> exactly yeah. but can we if we're gonna this is the pilot this is we have to get cnn to buy the show mm-hmm. so what can we do that at the time morgan spurlock show can't do lisa ling show can't do anthony bourdain mm-hmm. rest in peace he, those shows can't do the wonder list which is just about going to like amazing places that are like sort of these the places the picturesque places all around the world what can I do that those shows can't do? Or if they were to do it, it'd be a very different way. Lisa Ling probably had the most could do that show, but it would be more like a journalist. Not in the not same like, vein, for sure. Not, not way more serious yeah. and way more like holding them to account in a way right. that I'm like sort of this. I'm sort of curiously scratching to see what you how you respond, and I'm also trying to get you out of your comfort zone to make you respond in ways you didn't expect. I'm not asking you sort of like explain to me why you'd be in the clan. Like I get why you'd be in the clan. You're right. a racist, you right. know. So, so for me, it was like. I would. That was my idea, and uh, and I also knew that if it ever airs on TV, I will still be able to tell the story. So it's like it's. I just wanted to you know go big or go home, and I needed the job. So I felt like yeah, we have to do something that is like that. Even on, it's from the first moment, people are like what, as opposed to like come out hang black guy hangs out with the rodeo maybe yeah I don't know <laughs> like, yeah. you know you know again we'll get there at some point at some point I'll be at the, oh my
0: god <laughs> like,
3: but we shouldn't start there
1: right
0: I think that well. I'm pitching shows now. First, Benihana. You should just do
1: a show at Benihana. <laughs> Benihana. Benihana is my happy place. I love the Rockies Choice. Right. Okay. And you should not be yeah feeling bad at Benihana. So well, I'm pissed like, for you.
3: But I was. do think that whole community seating and it's also like a Benihana. It feels like a throwback to a, another era. Like this. It always does. Benihana. Well, that's why
1: like, like I feel like I'm a kid. Well, that was like, like the know. fancy <laughs> it place I went like, for my birthday. And,
3: and I think we, me and uh, Kelly, were just talking about this. Who I work with because she her husband works and he's a like a like a, a bar manager not a bartender but a bar manager mm-hmm. and just that thing about people come into places mm-hmm. like restaurants and bars and they think because they're paying you eight dollars for a drink that I actually own the restaurant. Oh yes, like, <laughs> like, this is my bar now, and so I talk to you as if you work for me, yep. right. not that you are serving me right. and I'm giving you. I get as a, an equal. Yeah, here's eight dollars worth of money for eight dollars worth of service. Right. Not like, well, I gave you, I bought that drink. And Benihana, by the nature of it being a performance based thing, mm-hmm. they think that the Benny Hanna chef is performing for them and not just performing cuz that's the job. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not actually performing for you. I'm performing cuz the job required is I perform, right. you're sitting here. Mm-hmm. It's not a specific it's not a, I didn't do this for you. Right. And you know, if you get up and leave, I'll still be doing all the things, you know. And I think people get caught up in there sort of like everybody wants to be the king and the queen and I think that like it makes service industry jobs and as a comedian who's worked mm-hmm. it's basically works in the service industry right. And working, mm-hmm. I really have a lot of empathy for those people because it's like you're just you're just another asshole out on a date you're not or oh. out for an evening oh
0: are we going to talk about the first timers that go to comedy shows that I cannot deal with so <laughs> yeah, we go well- <laughs> to a lot of comedy shows and there's always 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 that couple in the front that gets way too drunk yep and awful Yep. How do you deal with hecklers?
3: I mean, you know, it's uh, it, there's a weird thing because sometimes it's hard because it's, it's hard to def- – like people don't – like there's a heckler where it's like you suck, which is a very easy thing to deal with. But when people are just being loud and obnoxious and they don't even realize they're heckling and you tell them to be quiet and they're like, what? I'm just having fun. Yeah, like that's the worst. Amateur hour. It's yes. the worst because it's like you can't even explain to them why they're not – you're actually heckling. You don't realize you're heckling. And you're actually ruining – the good you again, you think you're here for your good time, but you're here to be part of a collective time. Mm-hmm. And so at the yeah, comedy clubs I don't perform in comedy clubs anywhere near as much as I used to because there's a point at which you you I just want the people in the room who want to be here Mm -hmm. and a lot of comedy clubs people go what do you want to do tonight you want to go to Benihana or go to a comedy club (laughs) like they're not really they're they're not really distinguishing those as two different activities like where do you want to spend two hours of our time Mm -hmm. and so they walk into a comedy club not knowing who's on the bill Mm -hmm. not really just knowing that I like Adam Sandler movies this is a comedy club that's probably going to (laughs) be Adam Sandler's going to be on stage or Adam Sandler inspired comedians no shade Uh, Adam Sandler I'm just saying that like you you, that's not what's happening most times you know
1: well, on the on the topic of hecklers, um, for um, United, Ch- I I keep wanting to call it United Shades of Gray. First of all, <laughs> United Shades of America. Well, that's what uh, other people call it,
3: Fifty Shades of America. Oh, yeah, so. <laughs>
1: maybe we can host United Shades of Gray. No, and it's it, a, it's. I mean, people.
3: Uh, <laughs> I'd say once a week. A lot of times, sometimes people say, "My mom just called it Fifty Shades of America, or United Shades of Gray," <laughs> but then some people really go, "I really love." your work and talk about all the work you do on Fifty Shades of Grey. Like they, and I feel like I don't even want <laughs> to correct you. Neither
1: one works, though. Fifty Shades, Fifty States. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, America, I, I get the Fifty works. Shades I
3: get. The United Shades of Grey is where your brain is at. That's, right. that's on you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. It's been a long no, 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 it's alright.
1: No, um, on the topic of, of hep- hecklers, you have been getting a lot of commentary on the fact that you give the K, you give the KKK or Nazis a platform, and yeah. I love your response to that. Can you can you talk to when people talk shit about you giving them a platform and oh you shouldn't let them speak? You're giving I them mean, a I voice. have
3: I have I feel that's why I don't know which one I've I've been ta- asked this about so many times. So I have like sort of multiple responses depending upon who I'm talking to and how much time I have to answer the question. So you have thirty <laughs> minutes. Okay, good. So, um, so there's so two there. things. One uh giving them a platform i feel like is lazy is la- is, a, is our lazy words because It implies that like I go on this week in United Shades of America, I'm going to take the week off and the Klan is going to host a show. (laughs) (laughs) As if the Klan has access to, like it's all of the Klan's clanness is filtered through me and my perspective. It's very clear where I stand. It's very very clear that I, I get the final choice of edit. It's very clear that I'm like, this is wrong and I don't agree with this. And that's because I'm not a journalist. I don't have to do the thing where I go, explain why you don't like black people. Like, as if there's a reason to understand why somebody doesn't like, or if I ask, I'm sort of like, could you explain this? I'm asking in a in a way, right. like, come on, dude. It's just, not, this is crazy, right? Not yeah. like The same way that you, a journalist would ask, explain why you voted for this bill. You know, explain, politician, why you support this bill. It's not this, I'm not giving the same level of, of weight to this. And the other thing is, is like, more knowledge and this is what my mom taught me more knowledge is always better than less knowledge mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. many people in this country for the for every person for every person who was like why would you give this k- the kkk a platform there was 10 times that many people going oh my god I didn't know the kKk still existed Jeez. so it was like mm-hmm. I, I get that you don't want to see this just turn it off mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but there's so many more people who are like who every week are fighting about something that they had no idea existed and therefore are smarter and better edge and, and better Americans because of it
1: mm-hmm
0: um, Better
3: humans, free in America. Better humans. America. <laughs> uh,
0: you've had a pretty long career already, and doing so well. It's coming I mean, to the end. Yeah, huh? <laughs> it's coming to the end. No, you're, no, getting, it's the, not. you're getting the I, bitch
1: talk bump. Yeah, we already right talk either. about this. Yeah, well, it's like when I get
3: the Emmy nominations, I say to my wife, like, we get it. It's like a show business extension. Like we get another we year get, in show yeah. business because because you because you get to sort of ride that Emmy nomination for a year or so. Right. You know so.
1: Oh, and I, we are celebrating... Sorry, just to... We are celebrating the Emmy nomination with yeah. some champagne today. Yeah. So yeah. congratulations. I already, Nominations. I finished
3: mine. Multiple. Oh, oh we have more. Oh, goodness. I, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's Friday. I, I didn't so know how you thirsty you'd be. It's not Friday. I have a one-month-old daughter, oh. so But good. you have flowers, so I time. do <laughs> have flowers. <Okay. laughs> Honey, here's flowers. I'm going to bed. It's three in the afternoon.
0: <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah. No, but I mean, you came here to do comedy and you're on CNN now. Mm-hmm. If you can give a brief description yeah, on how that happened. Yeah, how does that
1: happen? In a
0: five-minute... Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah no but I mean it is such a it's a huge jump
3: I, I mean I think that the, the the reason why it happened is because at some point like in 2009 2007 I stopped trying to pursue what I thought show my show was supposed to be and just started to do work I thought was interesting and so which means you hmm. sort of are sort of by nature of that following your nose like oh, I want to do something like this and you, instead of like going to the punchline every Sunday night and sort of like doing my seven to 10 minutes and going, when is show business going to make me famous? Mm. I basically was like, I'm going to go write a one man show, a solo show about ending racism. And I'm going to get a computer, bring my computer and get a screen and show clips and slides. Mm. And, and I don't even know what the show is, but that's just, I'm going to give it a title and I'm going to come up with a gimmick where we g- bring a friend of a different race. You get into for one and, and create, just create a thing that I don't even know what it is, but it just sounds like something I want to do. And then I looked up. Within the first show we did, it was standing room only, and I was like, I didn't know anybody even knew who I was or cared who I was. And Hmm. it means me standing room only means like there were eighty people there. But you know, I went from eighty people, eighty people (laughs) who were like, we're here for you, not we're here because the punchline is open. You know, like we're talking about people just show up because it's like it's date night. Where was that show? It's at the Shelton Theater in San Francisco on on uh, uh not on Powell Street on Sutter. Okay. And so you know, from the first moment we did the show, my wife then girlfriend was there. I was like, oh, this is different. Like Suddenly, I feel like I'm famous, and I didn't. An hour before the show started, I was just like, I hope people show up. Mm -hmm. And so then we did it once a month. And and I just sort of kept following that thing. Like, this is fun. I feel like the work I'm doing is the best work I've ever done. Hmm. I don't know that you can make a living off of doing a show in a black box theater, but the work is good. But then I kept doing it and kept doing it more often. The reputation spread, and the media started talking about me in the Bay Area, which the media in the Bay Area doesn't really talk about, generally doesn't talk about comedians as singular individuals. Right. They need you to be doing something. Right. It's not enough just to be funny at the punchline. Mm. Getting a little bit better than that, but generally they need to know what are you, you need to have a project. Mm-hmm. And so that gave me a project. So suddenly all this media people who knew who I was, who I never even knew they knew who I was, were like, "W. Kamau Bell's new show." I'm like, "You know who I am." Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> his work has been this, but now it's this. I'm like, "You followed my work, you know." <laughs> right. uh, and so. Just I started to get critical of notice I was able to go to do it in LA a few times I started getting to festivals and then that show ended up being the show that Chris Rock saw Mm -hmm. and was like I'm gonna help you get a TV show so at the punchline I think if I in my mind going to the punchline before the bell curve that was what was called the Mm -hmm. W. Bell curve ending racism in about an hour before that show
2: (laughs) (laughs) did it end
0: racism in an hour
3: it did but okay, then people good. left the room and, and then it back comes back, back 15 yeah. minutes yeah. later it. it's yeah. just like yeah. why
1: i never diet you know two days exactly. later you yeah. gain it back
3: exactly. it's the same exact thing it's like a crash diet and racism and then people walk out <laughs> so hungry they're like i need some racism uh so like i thought the path to tv show was going to the punchline on sunday nights and no shade mm-hmm. to the punchline it's a great place but you can't just put all your cards on that room mm-hmm. Uh, You have to then, and the generation of comics who are behind me know this now, you have to make your own gravy, you have to create your own projects. But I came with the generation who was like, no, you just go to the punchline and wait, because that's what we had seen and heard. So... Uh, you know, I thought I was trying to, I thought going to the punch on Sunday nights and doing my 10 minute set was the path to a TV show. And really it was like, no, go do something you like and the, and, and get better at it and work at it. And if you get good enough and get lucky enough, you can end up getting a TV show. And then, and then yes. And then your peers go, how did you get a TV show? (laughs) You're like, I have no idea. I just was doing work. And so that led to that show gets canceled. But then suddenly the industry knows who I am. Right and i took a bunch of meetings after totally biased was canceled to figure which out which
0: was a super bummer by the way
3: i mean it, but it's I yeah mean, you're on cnn now so yeah no it's, a, it's right my, it led you to living in new york if i was still in new york doing totally biased i would i would be a very uh uh angry person <laughs> if, yeah. the, if the show was a hit it was just a lot of hard work and it took a toll on my relationships and my family mm-hmm. and and I it gets know, really I, fucking
1: hot there, too. Yeah, right it's now. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> August know? is horrible. You'd be in way New more York. sweaty. You can be, be rocking that beanie sweaty. right no, now I can in rock New York. beanie, no.
3: The <laughs> August is my wife hates August in New York. We'd be the people where I'd be working in August and she'd be up in the Hamptons or some weird thing talking <laughs> to us. So she would change and our kids would be assholes. <laughs> right. and so, And like that talk show grind is just like, it's either a young person's game like Trevor Noah who's like a young guy with no mm-hmm. kids or no wife is able to like he does that and then he, on the weekends he goes and does stand up and he's just living his best life or it's like <laughs> these institution guys who are like this is just the job I do mm-hmm. like Conan O'Brien I this yeah. is what I do right. you know like I I don't I don't have any I don't do anything else this is the only like or Jay Leno it's just these guys who are like I'm a, this is That's the thing I job. do it's mm-hmm. like a factory yeah. and I just was like I want something that feels more creative and also works better for my family mm-hmm. and so United Shades I feel like I can get more I feel like not that United Shades is more creative than Totally Biased, but because it takes up less time, I can take on more projects and feel like I can sort of do all the creative things I want to do, and also I get to live in the Bay. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, we at Bitch Talk are like many people in this world, huge fans of Anthony Bourdain and to be given the slot right after him, did that give you some added pressure or, yeah. or were you, or some confidence because they had the confidence in you to follow him?
3: I mean, it was both. It was like, oh my God, they must believe in the show because they was Jeff Zucker was clear. He's like, I'm going to give you the slot after Bourdain and I sort of was like, what? And he's like, well, if you don't want it, I'll give it to somebody else because that's the number one, <laughs> one slot. And I was like, no, 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 I'll take it. <laughs> but also like mm-hmm. the show's got to be good. And so, but also it made me feel like, you know, he's he was the cool kid at CNN. Like, you know, and, you know, a lot of people at CNN think they're cool kids. And, and they, you know, like, Anderson Cooper's a cool kid. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Don Lemon's Don a Lemon, cool kid. Yeah. And, you know, Angela Van is a cool kid. Van Jones. So there's a lot of, like, sort of, like, uh, cool kids were right there but he was the coolest of the cool because he needed it though. it was like not something that he was like he was got to do his own thing he was not taking assignments from the news and so to be linked in some way And plus people thought assumed that because we were following each other that we were friends mm-hmm. and we really didn't become friendly until we went to Nairobi this past this in February and taped an episode of his show
0: um I heard your Fresh Air interview, Mm. and and I was choking up in my car, and I was having a weird day. I was thinking about him a lot, Mm -hmm. and then your interview came on, and I'm sitting in my car crying. Um, But beyond you getting to have that very special time with him, do you think he had any kind of sense of his impression on the world? Because we're just a couple of Asian-American kids from, you know, I'm from here, she's from L.A., and... Do you think he knew the effect he had on people? Uh, Or understood?
3: I I mean, at some point, everybody sort of, you hear from people. Like, he was, I was with him, and people would come and be like, oh, my God, dude, I love you. I love the show. Like, it was funny to be like he's like to be like oh yeah he's more famous than I am like I don't think about it but it was like people were like oh your show's good too but they were like so enthralled with him and this is we're in Kenya you know we're not in, (laughs) you know we're we're not in it's like in America we're like on the other side of the planet they're like people of all ages races creeds cultures religions were just felt like he was Doing, he was showing an authentic piece of the world, a pieces, showing authentic piece of the world without getting in the way of it. And especially as a white man who does that, as a white cisgender mm-hmm. heterosexual man, especially an older guy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like who's not supposed to get it. Those guys generally don't get it. No. That they felt like he was. He st- he had an opinion, but he was getting out of the way. Like he was like he. he you definitely felt like you knew who he was, but he wasn't letting who he was get in the way of your uh, taking in this authentic experience, and and also making people go. I want to go to that place he went to. Like I've talked to many people. Like I planned my honeymoon around to open episode. Makes people you less afraid. Yeah, people don't do that with the clan. I planned my honeymoon around. To, <laughs> uh,
2: I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: so. I can't
0: wait to sit down with them.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I'll give you some numbers. But yeah.
1: That cross burning was really something. Yeah. yeah you really
3: want to take it <laughs> yeah, in. Maybe they
1: have a little like, dinner. Like
3: thing an amusement park dinner theater. Yeah. 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 That, that would actually be <sighs> great, and people would do it. We well,
1: well. Actually, you did make me want to go somewhere, which I have been very briefly. But uh, first, I wanted to ask: Do you get paid more for your show when you dance on the show? Because you should. And, <laughs> and if you don't, you need to seriously talk to your manager or yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, I get when dance you bonus. dance on yeah. that when you were dancing in Puerto Rico uh, I was like take me there right now because he broke it down
3: oh uh, hips that, don't
1: lie hips don't lie yeah, I was, I was, I was and H, the HBCU you danced in that episode yeah, as well yeah. but no Puerto Rico specifically no, I was yeah. like oh my god I want to be in that dance circle well
3: I mean that was I, I, so first of all that is my do- my two older daughters because my, my month old daughter doesn't watch my shows which not I'm yet but. Uh, <laughs> well, but so but my two older daughters Sammy and Juno like because I was away when that show I think was I away with yeah I was away when that uh show was about to air or something I wasn't at home and so the show aired and they saw the commercials for it and they f- flipped out <laughs> with excitement and joy you were dancing? watching me just like because you know I was I'm a goofball they know what it means to be a goofball but to see me like go that because I went all out I really was like I might hurt myself. I'm I'm okay. I'm. You gonna, were feeling the energy I was, of the and also It was like I realized what like the whole thing. We, me and um, it was the woman who had been Miss Puerto Rico. Uh, like had this whole like where we sat down and had a and had some food and we talked and we talked about colorism in Puerto Rico and da da da. And then this bus pulled up that we didn't plan. Like it wasn't something we had staged and I was like oh what's that and she's like oh they come out and they dance and they did it and it just took over the whole scene <laughs> and suddenly we were in the middle of it and I think they could also see the cameras were focused at me so those people were like we'll focus on let's pull that guy into the circle yeah,
1: and <laughs> you you stood out I, st- I stood out yeah
3: and I'm 6 foot 4 200 blah blah pounds and uh, 178 pounds right I thought uh, it was yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, your high school weight <laughs> with a burrito yeah. I mean, I burritos. <laughs> 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 uh, but I sort of like at this, it's like it's a singular experience and you sort of go I can either say no no I'm fine or I can totally go all in and for me for the show I as often as possible I try to go all in and so that was like and I knew this is ridiculous and I look ho- like awful in a hilarious way like but I'm tr- I'm actually trying but I also know that like I'm just a, there's a lot of jiggle uh no, it, it was amazing like, it was so for me it Lisa was just
1: Ling fun. couldn't have done that, it, like, I and, say that. Thing,
3: <laughs> and Bourdain wouldn't have done no, like you know there's just, no like, and for absolutely me, like, not that's the thing that we that I like that's my that's my version of making a show like this. Like yeah. that's my like because I'm a comedian because I want to have a good time, and because I don't have much shame around stuff like that. It's like it's just it was fun, and it's also a thing like if no cameras had been there, I probably I, maybe I would have done it and had fun. But because the cameras are on, you're like you're like, I'm just gonna go for it. You know, like, <laughs> I'm good. You only
0: live once, only what live are once. you gonna do?
3: And the fact that my daughters, that's their number one favorite thing I've ever done. <laughs> that like if they had so it for the top cute. 10 list together, that'd be maybe number one or two. And so for me, like, knowing that my kids connected to it is also pretty yeah. amazing, yeah. I love it. Uh, <laughs> we're
0: going to have to wrap up soon. Why? I want to keep talking. Dude. Okay. Well, hey, it's your show. You're a busy man. I There's, don't know. We'll I don't we'll know see. what kind of calls I, you have coming in.
1: I would listen to what Kamau tells me. He wants to keep talking.
3: Yeah, we can talk for a little while longer. I'm good. Okay.
0: We, they said thirty, so I'm just.
3: Oh, we can. Know. Let's go forty-five.
0: Oh so yes, me. All right. Well, all anyways, right. Now move
1: we can on turn on over to, to these questions. No. Um.
3: Yeah, make sure we get all the questions you want. Now we're getting to the Fifty Shades questions.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I, I want to talk about the Me Too movement in comedy. Um, oh
3: yeah, let's wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Uh, that was the, I would have said that no matter what you said okay, No, yeah, that yeah. Okay, okay. that's just the joke that was sitting right there
0: uh, well, it
3: just so happens that it was
0: and that was it yeah. see you later uh, let's go to
3: Benny um, he just the audio is like come out where are you going <laughs> come back
0: running out of <laughs> <room>. <laughs> yeah. he
1: wants that onion volcano
0: yeah well who doesn't um you said uh in a recent article or somewhat recent uh, men are allowed to take up too much space in society and now we're we're at a point where people have to go we're not going to allow you to take up that space Mm -hmm. um with the me too movement and comedy because the other day i was talking to someone i was like what happened to that guy where's he been or who's what happened to that guy you're not gonna Mm -hmm. hear from him ever again I mean, how has the comedy landscape changed, in your opinion? Or has it, is it better? Is it worse? Are we, is this a good thing?
3: I mean, I think the Me Too movement is certainly a, 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 a net plus, you know, overall. There's no question in my mind. Uh, and I think part of that means, part of that means, like, for example, if you look at somebody like, if you specifically talk about comedy, like, uh, let's, okay, just for the sake, if we talk about Bill Cosby, mm-hmm. Louis C.K., Aziz Ansari.
2: Yep.
1: <laughs> I wasn't going to name the names. God, though, we've spoken of all these on yeah. Hitch talk yeah, multiple yeah. times. So,
3: so you look at Bill Cosby and it's like forget to take his age out of it for a second just about like well, he's an old man, he's done anyway. But like there's no coming back from that. From the from like we're talking about horrible heinous like years, years, if he'd years. done one of the things he said that that we that we know he that we all believe he did. That's but he there's many many years of of horror. Then you go to Louis C.K. And you go, ooh, gross, 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 gross. Then you go to Aziz and you go, I, here, I, just, I saw a lot of difference of opinion on that article that was written. Mm-hmm. By any difference of opinion, because sometimes if there's a man I'm like, I'm just gonna shut up and let and find out what, and where listen. we're all landing and listen. And then you see, well I respect this woman and I respect this woman, mm-hmm. or these women and these women and they have a difference of opinion of this. So for me, we're still in the middle mm-hmm. of who, who gets to come back or how people get to come back? Do you get to come back and sort of reclaim your throne where you were, or do you come back at a lesser level, or do you now, or now are you just allowed to be a behind-the-scenes producer, mm-hmm. or are you banished forever? You know, mm-hmm. so I think it's hard to know, because even though Aziz, I think, like there was a, it was a, there was a lot of bad press, but eventually it seemed like it settled, and people were like, it was. Ah, that it seems was... like they had. Seems like there's.
2: We've, yeah we've, we've all,
3: all been, been on date. We've, all, we've, all we've all been on that, on that multiple date. Yes. And we've times all, and yeah maybe and we've it. all as a man i've been on both sides of that date you mm-hmm. know like mm-hmm. in, and now it's different because i'm like a man and i'm physically strong so i, I don't it's not the same power dynamic if i'm on the i want to leave and this person doesn't want me to leave but i've certainly been on like a how do i get out of here yep you know yeah uh and so but it's different <laughs> it's totally different so it's just that i've been on so and I look, and I like I've been watching a lot of Netflix because my special's out, and I'm always like seeing, am I in popular on Netflix now? <laughs> am I trending yes, now? Am I? In, yes. And so, and I go, Master of None is in popular all the time. Like it stays, it stays at least on my algorithm, and mm-hmm. I've never watched it on my Netflix. So I'm like, oh, it's so mm-hmm. it tells me, and Netflix is somewhere going, it's still popular. Right. So that means people are watching it. Mm-hmm. Which the business ultimately is a part of this too. Who determines? They're going to yeah. be like Aziz. Uh, we're ready for season three because the business says that we we're ready for season three. But so I think uh, so. My thing is like I don't think we know, but we haven't seen him come. Maybe when he comes back, up uh, the culture goes overwhelmingly. He goes yes, we've missed you. Or maybe when he comes back, enough people go mm, that he has to. We don't know. And I think it's hard to answer these questions. Like what is what does it mean? What is happening? Because we're still in the middle of the thing. Like it's like the it's we're still in the middle of sorting through this and. Maybe we don't know what happened for another ten years because Aziz is in his thirties, Louis C.K. is in his forties, maybe he's in his fifties now. You know, these people are still around. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like with Bill Cosby, it's like we can pretty sure that's a wrap. That's, but we have yet to see the comeback for anybody, Mm -hmm. and some of these people are going to try a comeback. You know, and I don't, and I can't answer. W- what that means but I do feel like you know thank God the conversation's happening and mm-hmm. at the same time me and my friend Dwayne talk about this all the time because of like think about the disease situation there's a lot of room for debate about what that happened right. but it may mean at the end of the day the disease feels like that disease is like that disease doesn't come back mm-hmm. that maybe he sort of like transitions wow. to something else or becomes a producer and he doesn't but who knows and we can just debate about whether that's right or not but I think some Dudes are gonna just go down because right now there's a lot. It's sort of like it's all happening. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like you get caught up. Because in of the, the sh- timing, of the timing, the shrapnel, and it's just the ne- it's necessary. It's it's sort of like casualties of war. You know, mm-hmm. no, no dude. That I know can escape cleanly from the Me Too conversation because we've all had moments like like even if the Aziz thing is an example of like even though there's debate maybe he doesn't come back or maybe he comes back in a different way well we've all been in that mm-hmm. every dude I know has been in a version of like I thought it was cool right. you know like <laughs> right. and so and that includes me so it's like if 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 in some sense it's like well what would I do if some woman that I, was like I thought Kamal did this da da and I'm like but I thought I would have to also go, well, I guess it's my, you know what I mean? Like, it's like uh, Al Franken, another comedian turned, uh, you know, yeah. it's funny how mm-hmm. we forgot. Politician that seems like also. 10 years ago. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If he was a comedian, maybe he could have gotten away with it in a different way. But maybe. as a politician, especially no. when you're the voice of authority, of moral authority. Yep. But for me, it's like, I had friends who were like, who were liberals, who were like, I don't want Al Franken to go away. Yep. I don't yep. want. That and my I was mom. like, and I was like, <laughs> he has to go. It's <laughs> just like, we can't. If this is what the if this is what the moment is, yep, he's he not has bigger to. than the moment, Wh- which is go.
1: sad because on the other end, our president and other people on the other side, they didn't have to go, right? But you it know. was because we have a moral conscience. We have
3: more, but I feel like we have to like.
1: <laughs> how do we get rid of that?
3: We, how do we <laughs> can <laughs> you teach us?
1: Can you Tell have an episode us. on that? We have, 15, we have ten <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Where no. do you travel do get, <laughs> for that? We, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. How do we get rid of? It? Let's go someplace. Let's go to. Let's go to the White House and find out how you live without a moral <laughs> yeah, conscience. We'll stop Ooh. now and go. Yeah. So I mean, but I but I think the other side of this is that. Al Franken has to go because I feel like all of this is the culture getting stronger to sort of finally deal with the Trump thing. To so like, these are all sit-ups and push-ups to go, okay, but this is, a, this is a really, this is a much bigger problem than the rest of this. Like, but because he's the president and the way politics works and because our elected officials don't have mm-hmm. a stomach for actually real confrontation with each other, mm-hmm. it's going to take longer.
0: Although yesterday's hearing was really interesting. I haven't FBI seen that yet. Industry. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I heard. About, no, no, no. But I just. Go watch it. I heard.
3: About, I heard there was some back and forth. I just like. It's yeah, good. There's
0: a lot. <laughs> well, there were people clapping in the like in the press gallery <laughs> when people were talking up and when oh, he that's was talking funny. up, which was interesting. That so.
3: is who, and it was the there, FBI. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's it was always good. it's so funny to me right now that. There's this whole Robert with Robert Mueller, like the FBI will save us, which, which is, is not scary. exactly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how
0: people of color yeah. have felt this <laughs> <Right>. about The <laughs> FBI,
3: <laughs> the
1: FBI will take care <laughs> of no, this. No, no. Oh, I, that shows help. how desperate oh, we are, the though. The FBI
0: is here. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fine. Like, <laughs> you would think they'd step up. Yeah. So
1: well, yeah. I just want to get that big baby, that big Trump baby that they flew in London. Oh, I want to get that so over here. <laughs> I will chip Did in for Did you see the clip
3: of the the woman talking on Piers Morgan yesterday?
1: No, no, oh, uh, I try to stay away from him. I mean, it was just, yeah, like,
3: he's he's horrible. He's basically their Trump. He just didn't run for. Yeah, he's terrible. But she's like, she, he's doing the thing that people on the right do all the time, like accuse everybody on the left of being in lockstep. And she, he's like, why would you be against Trump and his immigration policies, but you weren't against Obama? She's like, I was against Obama. Well, why weren't you protesting? And it's like, well, because the moment was different. And, blah, blah, blah. and he's like, well, you're hero Obama. And she goes, I'm literally a communist, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And I just was like she was like, I'm. This is. I'm, it's not a left <laughs> right debate. Yeah, yeah. So, um,
0: with your Emmy nominations now, and and I'm assuming you're gonna be uh, filming some more. of Yes, the we, we start working on pre production very soon. Okay. Yeah. Are you? going to be possibly attacking more of what's going on in dc or maybe I mean, not attacking i, I should <laughs> say uh I mean, and we, exploring I exploring mean,
3: episode is basically like right. a what went wrong in america conversation and right. as much as we tried to in season three steer clear from like just bringing trump into it if we didn't have to you just have to because mm-hmm. there's basically for every societal ill there's a clip of trump saying something about there's it a that, connection that makes yeah. it worse you know so uh, so yeah, but we're certainly we are are like the way I think of the show is like it's a comedian's investigation with what went wrong in America, and a lot of that comes out of D.C. And we're actually talking about doing a D.C. episode mm-hmm. about what it's like to live in Washington D.C it's basically nobody thinks about it. it's basically like a factory town but the factory is politics right. and so a lot of people work in washington dc and they work for every administration no matter who it is because it's just we the, we it's like we used to make ford fiestas and now we make Ford tourists yeah like, it's, it's like it's the hamster
1: like, running on the wheel yeah, it's but like, for... it's not, yeah so
3: i don't really necessarily care who's there because i just have to like make sandwiches my job is to make sandwiches for whoever's in the Oval office mm-hmm. so we're actually talking about doing it and also there's a lot of activism in dc yes, and maybe. dc is a city that we don't think about enough in some sense like puerto rico like re, re, taxation with no representation like they don't have us they don't have a senator they don't have a congressperson hmm. yeah i think about that yeah no there's it's so a, weird it is totally weird <laughs> it's its own it's not a state it's not a state it's a municipality or whatever so it's not and so you think so so for example dc i think that i know at one point i don't know what's happening now they dc the city voted to legalize marijuana and the federal government said nope hmm so it's we like cause they, cause the federal government runs D.C. They're like basically in charge of D.C. So it's there's a lot to talk about there.
1: <sighs>
0: Are you going to try and get uh, uh, his majesty on your show at all? Yeah. If you're, yeah. <laughs> you're going to go oh, to D.C. <laughs>
3: people ask that. I just I want to have good conversations with people. And the thing you'll I'll say about Richard Spencer, is that as much as he's a, uh, you know, uh pitiable like just sort of like like his 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 the, his ideals are horrible he actually can have a conversation he's spoken. he spoken i will
1: well spo- he's spoken he's spoken he's spoken he
3: knows how to have the tennis match of a conversation yeah he's got uh, crazy eyes but he's I did, that he had know how to like the ones who wanted to talk to me did the ones who didn't stayed away from me right mm-hmm. Trump, there's no evidence that Trump's able to have a conversation no it's like Tourette's it's like he he won't even do a a press conference he won't even do a press conference he hasn't done any press conferences official press conferences so for me it's like I I have no interest in because that only works out poorly for me because then. Because he won't have a conversation. He'll just monologue. I won't be able to get a word in edgewise. And then all the people are going to be like, why didn't you punch him in the face? Like, you know yeah. <laughs> right. Like,
1: You'll get just, pissed on from both sides. Why didn't
3: I want to go to federal jail for the rest of my life? Right. I don't know, guys. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Well, well having, having traveled around with your show at least watching it for me does give me some sense of hope. Do, do these issues seem a, a little easier to solve having traveled and, and spoken to all these people across the country? Or are you just like, fuck? No, I think <laughs> the
3: thing that when you talk, no matter who you talk to, and this is even weirdly true of the Klan, that the basic issues are I either don't have a job and I want a job or I have a job and it's not good enough. Uh, I want my kids to have better schools. I want my neighbor to be safer. Everybody wants the same stuff. It's just we get broken up into the team sports of politics, and then politicians use are the things that separate the things that are make us different as ways to divide us. So Trump is using mm. the Klan members, sort of like those, sort of this s- aspect of white people are like. I just feel like as a white person, I'm supposed to be more successful, and he goes, "Yeah, you are." <laughs> you know like he sort of plays into that and that makes it yeah I should be which means not a, and if other people are successful that's uh, we need to take them out of this country because I need because I'm not and it's so like and he plays into that which which gins up the base as they say so for me it's like if you could get the team sport of politics left right like especially the left right dichotomy that doesn't really exist you could actually talk about real issues in this country so mm. but unfortunately because of the way we've set up the especially the presidential thing, there's no way to, you, nobody can be like, I'm just a good person who's running for president and I don't have a political affiliation. You just can't. You can't do it. Then you're, then you're, then you're nothing. Right. Then yeah. you got
0: to take that corporate money. Yeah. <laughs> just to, just to get into the conversation. <laughs> yep. It's
3: like, you got to take the corporate money. You have to like, you have to have a half a billion dollars just to sit down at the running for president conversation mm-hmm. and you can't get there without first, uh, are you a Republican or a Democrat? You know? Mm-hmm. I'm a democratic socialist. No, no. Are you a Republican or a Democrat? Right. You know, like you I'm conservative, box. but I have liberal. Are you, you know, you have to f- pick one of those boxes, and they're very limiting boxes.
0: So, are you going to run for uh, office? <laughs> this in Twenty twenty. Third time I've been asked this <laughs> recently. It's <laughs> the last question I have to ask. Uh, n- uh, no,
3: I'm not running for office in nothing, nothing, twenty, nobody. No, 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 <laughs> no. That's not. I have no, uh, to me, it just shows how bereft we are of leadership that, like. <laughs> We're just starving are being asked of, yeah. Like, you yeah but you're them? a
0: curious person, so that I am a curious the battle... person.
3: But what's what about politics? as it helps, that it uh, promotes curious people? Right. You know, I just feel Damn like uh, the work that I can do is better f- from here. I think than if I was like suddenly like you know like uh, like sitting behind a desk calling funders asking them to donate money to my next election, even though it's in three years. But I have to get that started before I fix the potholes.
0: But you have a. TV show, so that's half the battle. Yeah. There <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so you got one, I check,
3: already, ha- I I one check. I already have a reality. I already have a reality TV. Show. Were you born yeah. in Kenya?
1: Because yeah. that would be two checks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And
3: then uh, you know, and I won an Emmy, and our president didn't win an Emmy. Oh so. snap! Shade. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, W Bell
0: thank you so much for being on Bitch Talk. Sorry, I forced you into it, but I'm not sorry. No, I'm not sorry. <laughs> and I was kidding. I was
3: happy to be invited. And thank, thank you for making it easy for me. This has been so fun. Thanks for the flowers and the the champagne, and now I'm going to go to sleep. Okay, and good night. Good night.
1: So that was our incredible interview with W. Kamal Bell. So grateful, so honored. He gave us extra time, and we know that this man does not have extra time. Nope. Uh, I think... I think afterwards we were just kind of sitting around and just kind of like <laughs> in awe of what just happened just because of his energy and his graciousness and his humility. Yeah. I, his connection to Anthony Bourdain, yeah. which Ugh. was still very, is still very fresh yeah. in our minds. Yeah. Um, all of it. All of it was just a lot.
0: <laughs> it was a lot,
1: but it was magical. Um he chugged his champagne, too. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> he was like, uh, it's empty. Yeah. He was like giving us the hand like, yeah, I'm done I already. Really There's more. Yeah. Um, We're celebrating. But thanks so much again to, to W. Kimmel Bell. I think he's a friend of the show now. I can say that. Oh, for sure. sure. And I also tweeted at him that we'll come back and uh, talk with him after he wins a couple of those Emmys. So mm-hmm. what to so, say? Huh? He said, yeah. Oh, yeah. awesome. A- yeah. Don't forget, I, I, I screenshot this shit, so I'll remember. Well, we the, were
1: trying to have a watching party with him, too, when the Bourdain show comes out.
2: Oh, yeah. To yeah. To start. Yeah. Uh, so, um... Actually, he's one of the most accessible people on Twitter. Like, he's one of those guys that you can easily... Oh, just, yeah. Sorry, sure, you, you
0: just had a moment. <laughs>
2: Yeah, we had a quick moment because it was, like I said uh, at the beginning of the episode, I ran into him and I think he was trying to place me and I knew he, I didn't want to like go, hey, and keep keep him too long because he had luggages and he had his family with him. And then so I tweeted at him just to be like, hey, it was good seeing you. And he's just like, I mean, instantly he was just like, hey, yeah, awesome. <laughs> Thought I recognized you. Exactly.
0: Yeah. K-
2: yeah.
0: So. Um... Yeah, I mean, so to, to honor this, to this show, we had a nice little celebration. I don't even want to say little because we packed the house. Let's be honest. But um, we had a 300th celebration party uh, at a local uh, screen printing shop called Fleetwood. You've
1: oh. loved this place forever. You yes. turned me on to this place. Yeah, It's one of those shops that uh, if you need a gift for anyone, yep. guy, girl, kid, yeah. whatever, for any occasion, you can find it Dog. There. <laughs> really awesome, yeah. Clothing, jewelry, trinkets, um, everything, and and it's local, yep. and yeah, you want to support businesses like this for yeah. sure.
0: So we were at Fleetwood and the TL of San Francisco. That's the Tenderloin, and this woman named Nico owns it, uh, and it's it's a funny story, really, because uh, last year when I was uh, freelancing and doing my own thing, uh, a part of the uh, gig economy, I was lifting as well as a lift driver. And I ended up picking up the owner of Fleetwood, (laughs) who I already knew, but because we were in my car, I couldn't place her. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you look familiar, too. And we're like going through all the bars that we hang out because she sort of lives in my neighborhood, too. And then it turned out she was the owner of Fleetwood, which I love so much. And it just sparked the conversation that I really wanted her to make our T-shirts and sweatshirts and swag, which will be on our website soon that you can purchase. It's so good. It's so good. It's so dope. Yep. And uh, but I wanted her to do that. And that just turned into, hey, I want to throw this party. Are you cool? And she did. And so it was just really, it was really great. So it all came together. Um, Bear Bottle Brewery, which is a local brewery which we love. Our, which, yeah, that's our favorite brewery in the city. And I'm and, not even a big beer person, but I love that. And place. they are friends of the show too. They are friends of the show. <laughs> they they uh, gave us really big bottles of beer. And it was um, <laughs> it was not their cheap
1: shit. Even, no, but even their cheap shit is delicious. Right. It would have been appreciated. It was their IPA and their double IPA. Yeah. So we're talking like eight percent, nine percent beers. Yeah. Huge ones.
0: And um, yeah, that was incredible. That was incredible. Thank you guys. Camera, Cameron Hughes Wine, which I'm not familiar with, but our friend Nico. Who well, we Fleetwood, are now. We are now. We drank fucking 12 bottles of Yeah, them. they they gave us a <laughs> case easily. of sparkling wine and it was delicious. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was gone within an hour and a half. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I had to buy some backup at Costco, thankfully. Yeah. We had backup, but yeah. Yeah. We went to the cheap stuff after
0: the camera News. All all,
1: all that shit was gone for sure. We had our cute DJ. Oh my God. Everybody keeps asking me about her. DJ Bite Size,
0: who was amazing. Appropriately named. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we (laughs) lean over to hug her and we're tiny people. Yeah. Just FYI, Um, Chef Mandy J uh, rose to the occasion and made delicious breakfast burritos. Yeah, it was. So it's
1: really hard to find a good breakfast burrito. You wouldn't think so. But with every bite, I'm super anal about this. With every bite, you want to taste every ingredient in the burrito. Yeah. And uh, these are this this is what she was able to accomplish. And the tortilla wasn't too thick. It wasn't too much. It was folded just perfectly. So you didn't have too much tortilla with any of the bites of the ends. Yeah, and
0: her salsa was a bomb. Yeah, and she gave away free buttons. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, I didn't get one. And then uh, Kristen J Designs, who came in uh, at the at the last part of kind of getting this this event together, I bought a pair of earrings, and a lot of people. Oh bought yeah, a stuff. lot of people did. Her yeah. stuff was mm-hmm, beautiful, uh, and she's a local maker designer. So it just really came together really nicely. We had a lot of homies come through, um, a lot of new people come through. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> so it was funny because uh, at it seemed like everybody just came all at once. Yeah. And um, at one point, all the babies arrived. But oh, there yeah. were like three, three, three babies. babies, ranging in age from two months yeah. to one and a half, yeah. roughly. Yeah. And I turn, and Aaron is holding a baby, and I'm holding a baby. We're like, what the fuck? Yeah. We're like, <laughs> this, like is this is
0: bitches like, and brunch, and we're holding yeah, this the babies. This is like bitch talk baby sure. rental. Yeah.
1: <laughs> sure. This seems it's about fun, right. It's fun to play the part for like 10 minutes, but then I was thirsty, so I handed the baby over. Yeah but um people were dancing yep. people were buying yep. people were uh, people from different parts of our lives were mingling and, and getting along and, and we even begged dj bite size to stay for one more yep. hour because we we're like
0: please don't leave us yeah we begged her and she did so thank you um <laughs> uh, i have a question huh?
2: yes and this is probably geared towards uh Aaron because i'm gonna get the most honest answer what are you <laughs> calling me a liar no because you don't know how crunk you get <laughs> True. I was not. Okay, she
0: she Captain uh, Party. What? No, how, you how kept bad, it. How
2: bad was your? How bad was Angie's R face and all the things that she was telling us that she wanted to do <laughs> two weeks ago? Okay, how I much didn't of do did any she of do? them, but I she didn't do the baby any of them because I was holding, yeah, baby was holding like a
1: baby for like an hour for about
0: an hour. But I would say she kept it real until about. 30 minutes until till, I was till on the, the end of, or until I was on a uh, DJ. Yeah. Until about one 30, one 45. And then I knew it was like, all right, well we should probably start trying to get out of here, but we didn't even leave till like three 30. So the party yeah. was supposed <laughs> to be from 11 to
1: two. Right. And then after DJ bite size, uh, uh, closed up shop, then I was in charge of DJing. And then that's when I was like, okay, now I can finally let loose. Everybody's
0: leaving. I yeah. don't have a baby in my arms. It wasn't, so I was letting loose. It, it was, w- she was still she was still very helpful in packing up the car yeah and yeah. uh it was fine you know no,
2: i, I we'll, well i guess yes. i have to i have to we have the flashback because n- nobody knows nobody out there knows that we've had this The this is the conversation that we had but when we the <laughs> last episode that we recorded right before this our last basic bitch before that the three of us were because i was about to leave we, it was the last time we were going to see each other before the party before anything and we haven't seen each other since this is the first mm-hmm. time i think the three of us are talking mm-hmm. and andrew just like i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do that <laughs> and we're gonna do this and we need to do that and i'm gonna go to the store and i'm gonna get this of course i'm gonna do it. i'm gonna be able to do everything and we were like yeah and i was like actually are-? you're not <laughs> right. Well,
1: I did put your face on a stick, Shar. Yeah. so well, what he, do you he, think he, of he, that? <laughs> hey, Ange's, that. Ange's, Thank you.
0: Ange's, <laughs> Ange's pre-game to all of this was on point. Yeah, So on. we had a collage. She came over on a Thursday night. We had a collage of a lot of photos. We're going to actually put it in the studio, if that's okay with you, Shar. Um... But we put that together, and then she also got a big ol' uh, Bitch Talk logo printed out. So we have that we can bring to different things. And then um, she did make, like, the um, photo booth type, like, uh, like a... Like a bitch please yeah. and a duh. and a duh. <laughs> and then your head on a stick. And my head Char, head on a we were stick. calling
1: it. We were calling it Sharface. Yeah, Sharface. People face. were taking it, and you kept getting going. We kept missing. losing your face. And we're like, "Where's Sharface? <laughs> where's Sharface? Where's
0: Sharface?" Um, so you were there in spirit. We really did miss you, Shar. But you know what? We're gonna do this again. So I'm not worried about it. Well, and I do want to say something <laughs> to. <laughs> I do want to say something
1: to the people that did yep. show up, and I I made a little quiz. Oh right, um, based on the photo uh, collage. collage as well. as basic bitch talk trivia yep. and I'm so sorry I haven't had time to go through to, to find the winner but trust me you will be given shout outs and you will get and your rewarding. swag um, but yeah the, so we had, a, we had a little what's that what was the game so um, s- half of the questions were based on uh, the photo collage, and it was like, "Oh, which uh, Emmy award-winning director is Ange interviewing? How right. many times is Aaron wearing this scarf? Cheetah print
2: scarf?" Because we realized, oh my god, we're especially like the especially thing all the time? Where's the
1: same thing all the I was time? Like,
0: oh, that's going great to all the I have
2: I two outfits. I started noticing that too because I always wear my favorite clothes to our to our good interviews
1: yeah I mean you know we're gonna see I'm gonna see Bo Burnham I'm gonna see you know fill in the blank I want to you know want to look
0: good if there's any uh, yeah online clothes stores or local that want wanna help that us out. I mean <laughs> my uh, cloth or something mod cloth uh, whatever <laughs> uh, I'd be happy to wear your outfits. As long as they fit me well. Yeah, um, but I, I
1: do have to say kind of the cherry on top to the night. Well, I have a couple things to say, but I'll say this first. Yeah. Um so Aaron and I were kind of winding down. It was close to three o'clock at this point, And um all of a sudden oh. this woman comes up to us and yep. she's like, Hey, I didn't want to bother you before, but I'm Suzanne. Susanna. Susanna. And I'm a big fan, I'm a listener, and I'm a um a flight attendant, and I just so happened to have a layover in San Francisco at the same time as this event, so I wanted to come and say hi. And Aaron and I were like, what? We already had our party? Yeah. So that was just kind of the cherry on top, and then we were singing Oh Susanna to her for, like, yeah.
0: <laughs> for the rest of the time. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but isn't
1: that fucking cool, Char? We had And we're like, neither of us know you. This is so cool. Yeah,
0: <laughs> And she ended up knowing my sister. Oh, nice! Of course, yeah, because they're both United flight attendants. So, I mean, it's a small world out there. So I'm going to say, um, but that's something like that. And there were other people there that were like, "Oh yeah, I'm here. I'm friends with Nico, but I also listen to the podcast." So I was yeah. like, "Yeah, so that was okay. happening too." And okay, it, it was, so yeah, basically, just,
2: you're trying to say that they're uh, more than just our friends showed up to this party. Yes, yeah.
0: And I also want to say we had some really great support from Vince over at Larson. Um, who's hooked us up with a lot of interviews. And um, I want to say thank you to him. And uh, he brought some really cool people along from the Roxy and Mill Valley Film Festival. But it was just overall, it was a great, it was really a great turnout and it was just easy I felt right. but it went by so fast. I was already sweating a 3 hour party and, and then I, after it was over I'm like damn it. Yeah and
1: I really didn't get to talk to like no. in depth all the people that I wanted to but just thank you if you came out and Aaron thank you to you for all your hard work oh. and for organizing all of this and um, You're welcome. One thing that I really love about you I feel like we're both oh. like minded in this is that like we really invest in people in our friends and like that room of people were it was it was awesome. It was, there were there were some really great people in there, and, and that's our community. And yep. we really, I'm really honored to have you guys as part of our community, and um,
0: you keep us going. So yeah, thanks, Angela. I'm cry in the corner now, <laughs> uh, but New team.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it
0: was really a good vibe. It was just easy, and that's what I loved about it. Um, but it's funny because people are like, oh, do you actually do do you live podcasts? I'm like, yep, yeah, we do. Yeah, I, was I like, just we'll didn't have me to put that together. We'll be at the Hemlock time. down the street. Yeah, I'm uh, like we'll be on the weeks. Hemlock on uh, 9-5. September 5th. Uh, we'll be there, but it's, we're not selling tickets. So if you want to come by, um, but on that note, uh, we're going to wind down because this is a very long episode. It's a special episode. Um, getting a little thanks, Anne. <laughs> I fucking went there, and now I'm like getting teary
1: eyed. Well, but I've been thinking about it, and it just it was a it was a nice day, and it was
2: it was. You're really okay. crying, Aaron.
0: Yeah. yeah I'm a little <laughs> teary eyed
2: what do you want from me I'm not Jesus surprised Christ. by that I just needed to put it in there and,
0: and I'm sick and I'm sniffly oh anyways, thank god I'm six inches away from you you're the one who gave it to us so
2: anyways oh fuck off
1: um, <laughs> oh, can we blame all of this on Ange yeah yeah. why not Yeah,
0: make fun of me and blame me
2: she just Our said all these nice things about concern. us and now we're gonna blame herself for getting us sick <laughs>
0: Yep. Uh, but anyways, just another thank you to W. Kamau Bell and his team. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, w. Kamau Bell's episode with Anthony Bourdain will run on CNN this fall. Please watch for that. Uh, Private School Negro still up on Netflix. Please watch that. I've watched it twice and have laughed my ass off <laughs> each time I watch it. And yeah. I think it's fucking... Hilarious! It's genius. Thank you for uh, your comedy, W. Kamel Bell, and also United Shades of America is on CNN. It's so he's so just good. he's just killing it, basically. So support W. Kamel Bell. Support us, Bitch Talk, and just remember representation matters. Um, I think this is why we're actually really driving hard on Bitch Talk now. Is because, you know, at, at the beginning of Bitch Talk, it was like, yeah, we're gonna be a couple ladies chatting it up and and see where it goes. But now we're at a time where. Um, People of color matter, and we're, we're speaking up, and we're out there, and um, I think we're part of that wave. Everybody who's listening, thank you for your support. And one other thing before we leave, please, 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 if you're on iTunes and you download can you please rate and comment about us? We've been here for five years, guys. So please, it Subscribe, really Subscribe, rate, and comment. Yeah. yeah, it would mean so much.
1: Yeah, exactly. And
0: you guys, to find all those, really quickly, to find all those episodes, just go to bitchtalkpodcast.com for all the socials and for the, for the episodes. So find us there. So on that note, bitch please.